Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson, who's been thrown by Rick's deviation from the norm and the intro. Yeah, add an extra word. Just keep on your feet. <laughs> In the two, three years we've been doing this, I did not expect that to happen right now. <laughs> well, there you go, mate. I'm full of surprises. Um, and you today are. we're speaking with uh, Marcus Brown. He's probably better known as, as Marathon Marcus. All about his incredible the running Marathon journey. Marcus. The we've Marathon Marcus. The Marathon yeah, Marcus. Yeah. You'll hear in my intro, I call him Marathon Marcus, and then he says the the is incredibly important because otherwise you'll be looking for someone else on instagram not him there are other so marathon the, marcus out there but we want the, the one okay the marathon marcus is the best one to to, to talk to look for yeah and i mean it was a good chat with him it was good well what what like what a remarkable marathon journey like he i think his first marathon was almost five hours and now he's below three so it's quite a quite a progression and some of the things he says about how he got there i think are really interesting for people regardless of the kind of marathon time they're they're trying to do yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. um how's your running Morning's all right. I, I guess um, by the time this comes out, we would have done taken part in the ASICS World Ekiden. So this is this long distance relay that they're getting everyone to do. Um, so a bit of background for those they're who don't getting know everyone to do. Yeah, but, like they're yeah, forcing yeah. everyone. Do it. Why Come are you on. the Ekiden? No, we're uh, just suckers. We just like going running. So we've decided to do it. Not an advert, everyone. <laughs> hey, not an advert. We've just taken part. Just taking part. Um, quick bit of Ekiden chat for those unfamiliar with the format. Um, huge in japan massive in japan it's like a, it's a long distance relay in japan it's almost bigger than marathon running so like a lot of their top runners don't don't bother so much with the, with um the marathon they're all about the ekiden and it's kind yeah. of um you, you pass over this sash and uh, it, it can vary in distance and and amount of people in the team i think it could be up to about sort of 27 people in the really big ones and often people are running about half a marathon but this one it's it's teams of six who've got to run a marathon in total so we're going to try and do a sub three marathon with six people that's the idea anyway yeah good luck to us <laughs> um well ekidens aside rick i've got a bit of a a bit of an update for you which i'm sure you'll like being a man who enjoys a running buggy oh absolutely please tell me more G- guess where this story's going <laughs> i have a running buggy you've got a running um, buggy i didn't have one i didn't have one with the eldest i kind of didn't want to get involved in taking him out in a buggy but um i've got one now for the younger one and uh, I feel like it's going to be it's going to be super great, and he's going to really love it, sort of maybe. But I'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, well, I'll be interested to know what you think about it because I think a lot of people they, they invest in a running buggy and they're quite a lot of money, and then they're a little bit like, oh, you know what? I don't use it as much as I thought I would, and actually, 
I want my running to be a little time where I'm not a parent. So, but some people it's a huge that's, success. That's so, why I never got one. Yeah, that's why I never got one because I wanted the running to be the small period of time that was separate from parenting. Um, but yeah, now I've got one, so there's no escape. I will let you know this one is an interesting one. It's um, it's made by a company called Cybex, and it's a partnership with Puma. But what's interesting about it is that it, it comes with like a, a waist harness so you can pull it behind you rather than just the traditional Like a tyre, like pulling a tyre. Kind of like, yeah, like a, a uh, yeah, basically. Like like you would imagine Rocky training for a fight, pulling a tyre along the icy streets. Um, <laughs> I'll be doing the same but with a child. Anyway, look, let's uh, talk to our guest of the week. Let's do it, let's do it. Guest of the week, here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the phone, could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete unknown. Marcus Brown, aka Marathon Marcus, welcome to the Runners World Podcast. Thanks for the intro, it's, uh, it's really great to speak to you both, um, been a, a big fan of the show, so it's great to actually finally to, to speak with you. Oh great! There's going to be some 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 serious inter podcast backpacking going on here. This is going to be really good. Um, Marcus, just for anyone who's not familiar with your work or who you are, just give us an idea, just a, a sort of description of of who you are. Yeah, sure. So first and foremost, I'm a husband and father. On Instagram, people know me as the Marathon Marcus. Um, so yeah, I've been on Instagram and I've been f- talking about my marathon journey, particularly for the World Marathon Majors working from like a 455 marathon down to 256 marathon outside of that i'm a podcaster for runners life podcast i'm a co-founder and trustee for the black trail runners talking about inclusion and diversity and i'm also doing my coaching badges at the minute so lots going on at the moment nice how are you finding that yeah really cool i think the it's um i just really want to give back to honest. that's my my prime my sort of primary aim because i've had a lot of help well from my side getting to where I am I'm not saying I've arrived anywhere I've still got a long way to go but I think it's always cool to try and help people out as well yeah definitely I think that's nice I think that that's you get so much from the running community don't you like people kind of like help you along your way and it's it does feel like giving back is like the complete circle yeah 100% and even your current episode with Charlie Dark I've got to give him a shout out like he's helped me out so much you know uh, from like from when I've known him and it's funny because I remember the first time I, I think I was running New York City Marathon. This is going to sound like a really humble brag, doesn't it? But I remember <laughs> I was running past and he and he saw me 2016 and he he went keep going, Marcus. I was like, how the hell does he know who I am? So, um, how's your training going at the moment? Running, training, how's it all going at the moment? Yeah, so I just recently finished the the London Marathon a few weeks back, and you know took some time off to kind of process that and get back into training so the next thing for me now is the Seville Marathon in February so that's going really well so far that's good Rick have you ever done that one I haven't actually I know it's meant to be it's 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 a popular one isn't it I know like Valencia is popular as well same sort of sort of um thing you mentioned like going from a a fourth uh 455 to 256 marathon is that right those three it is I mean it's pretty remarkable I don't think there are many runners who um who have gone on such an amazing marathon journey is that when when you what do you what do you think has allowed you to to you know shave we're talking like two hours aren't we two hours off your marathon time because not a lot of people will will ever do that i don't think it's yeah it's hard to sort of 
comment for other people but I guess for me the main thing it's going to sound really boring is just consistency and at the beginning I didn't really mm. have a coach I didn't really know what I was doing I was just kind of going between 16 week programs and doing nothing and then doing 16 weeks and wondering why nothing right. was happening <laughs> so um, yeah. then I got a coach and I was working with him for a few years and then things started to kind of gradually reduce down slowly but slowly and yeah so I would say yeah working with my coach has been a, a big help to really just understand the structure of what you're doing during the year and when to do it so yeah without like, like I said without people helping you you know what I've got there who knows I might have got there a bit later but you know if you've got people that you know know what they're doing it helps you sort of reduce a lot of the mistakes that you would have taken by yourself getting there so when you when you ran 455 like what was just just very briefly like what what kind of running and training were you doing then and and to the difference of running 256 I'm not you don't have to go into all like the granular detail but just some of the kind of major differences between those two people I mean even if you look at like the pictures of me on social it just look different I didn't have I didn't have a watch yeah, right. I didn't have like you know the sporty watches or anything like that I was kind of wearing my football kit and you know I just I think mentally I guess it was there I just didn't really believe it at the time hmm. it was way off and for me it was more about finishing but you know the marathon finds you out and especially I remember because the first time I did London is what I did 455 I did all the rookie mistakes and you know what it's like in London it's really busy at the beginning of the race so I was ducking sure. and diving yeah. and I was sprinting and doing everything that I wouldn't have done in training because I was just running slow days running, running one pace and then I decided to sprint different bits and then you know blew up spectacularly and then from about mile eight it was just um, really painful towards the end and yeah I mean I remember getting to like the Docklands area and that's where it gets a little bit thinner and spread out and I remember seeing my wife there and I was just like look I don't think I can do this like I literally really wanted to walk off the course but she gave me a proper talking yeah. to at the time and um yeah thankfully <laughs> for her like I would have I, I finished it because I think I don't know what would have happened if I you know would have walked off do you know I mean would have had a big impact so it, it was like there's so many factors in trying to trying to work out like what you know the difference is but I would say having good people the consistent training knowing what you're doing because I just didn't really have a structure mm. was that a sort of was that your first like journey into running did you were you running consistently anyway just for like you know health in general or were you did you sort of like take the marathon on as your first big thing that's a really good point because when you look at some pro runners and people look at them they forget that they've been running since they were like knee high and I started running as a bet from a friend after university so I was really way down the line <laughs> do you know what I mean and it takes a long time to get that structural strength anyways regardless of the mental stuff so yeah I mean it was a, a long process there and a difference yeah massive and also that first marathon can really put people off like if it is you know it gets that you know it's it's they're really hard like it's 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 a sort of a they've become that sort of benchmark of I will achieve this bucket list distance and that's fantastic like everyone should try and do it but there's that sort of like oh I'm never doing that again that was way too hard and as you say like just to finish it and to go back it's like that's the almost the harder bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like you said, you never really run that distance anyways in training. I didn't. And it was really unknown territory. So there's lots of things that I didn't really know a lot about, about fueling and how to pace it correctly. And But yeah, you I mean, you don't know what you don't know at the time. So you can't be too harsh on yourself. And it's been, uh, when I look back, at it, it's, it's amazing now to almost prove myself right. Because I remember like going into work and people were just like, you know, people go, oh, you ran a marathon. People go, what time did you run? And it's like 4.55. And they look at you and it's like, 
what the hell is that? <laughs> you know? And they tell you to your face and you're just like, wow. So it, it was quite hard to take for sure. But then you just like, you just got to keep backing yourself. And I just kept on trying to come back and try to learn. And, you know, I just don't really let that put me, put me off really. What I like about your journey as well is that you got close a lot of times. I think this, this is applicable to, to lots of different times, right? There's, there's definitely a story out there of someone who's trying to break five hours or break in four hours or, or even quicker, trying to get a championship time, you know, 2.45 or whatever. But you were you got really close to what you were going for, the, the three hour. Did you ever think, oh, you know what? It's just not going to happen. Like this is, this is going to be one of those things for me that's just sort of like slightly out of reach. Or did you always think, if I just keep, you know, knuckling down at this, this, this will happen. It's always hard to retrospectively answer that. But I think like yeah, obviously there yeah. are doubts. I mean, you'd be lying if you said you didn't have doubts. But I always, like I said, I always believed that I was getting closer. So for example, like you said, it took me four times to get to sub three. So I did 305 in Manchester, 301 in Berlin, and I did three hours and 19 seconds in New York. Oh. So, I mean, that was tough. But then I think like each time you get closer... I kept thinking of like that Elliot's quote when he was, when he, you know, when he tried to break two and he's like, oh, you know, the world is like X amount of seconds closer. And I was always just said like that in my head. So I was, you'd obviously feel disappointed, but then you'd be like, look, I'm closer than I was before. And then each step I got closer. So by the time you get to 319, like literally I'm just there. And on New York as yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah. like, look. Oh, New York's so much harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so much harder. Like you, <laughs> yeah. you did, you yeah, do that in true, Berlin yeah. Yeah. and you know that you would have done it. Yeah. It's sort of, oh, yeah. There's, I was, even in my head, I was making reasons up for you, just even off them times. So like... <laughs> yeah, people say that to you, like, yeah, you know, if you ran in Berlin, be like, thanks for trying to make me feel better, but like, I yeah. still haven't done it yet. It didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> how did it? Feel, how did it feel then when you did? It was amazing in one hand because basically I did the sub three at the Dorney Lake Marathon and. The cool thing about that was, although we didn't have the spectators there, we had like the atmosphere from the runners. And I just remember going there and just being so driven. I just knew, like I had quite a few training runs that went really well. So I think mentally, I just believed that it was going to happen. I thought there was like, literally no way that it's not going to happen. Uh, so that was a really good thing. And yeah, so it was a, a great, well, the weather wasn't great in some aspects you know it's like in Dorney Lake like I think we had crosswinds at the first two laps and then the wind direction changed and you were just getting headwinds in one direction and obviously and then tailwinds at the other end so yeah the last two laps were were tough but uh, I was just determined to do it after what happened in New York but it was, a, it was like a massive anti-climax because you cross the line you've done it and then you've got to walk to pick up your medal and then you walk back to your car <laughs> Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're done. You yeah. finished by. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a good metaphor for life, though, as well. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, you, sometimes we put these massive things on these achievements, and I mean, they are big, but like, once the moment's over, the moment's over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a, like a Zen Buddhist um, uh, thing, like we're saying, it's a uh, yeah, b- before enlightenment, chopping wood. After enlightenment chopping wood it's kind of the same thing but, but something's changed but it's actually the activity remains kind of fairly constant I'm, I'm guessing though that with, with the marathon for you it's not it's people who, who really get into the marathon it's not just about times I guess it, it's kind of about we've had um, Vassos Alexander on here and he says it's you know it's about the person that marathon training helps you to become did you find that you were changing as a man as well as a runner with, with um, your progression through the marathon yeah 100% and the thing about social media is sometimes when I put my goals out there, people might just assume that I'm running just for times. So like literally that is my only motivation. And anyone that's been running for a certain amount of time 
although you want to be your best and you want to get times like that can't be like your number one thing because it's just not enough because it's very black and white like if you get it great but if you don't get it then what do you do stop running so you need to have something deeper than that and like have the gratitude as well and something i just try to remind myself even in like runs where like you know you get up and you think oh, i'm not feeling this today but you start running like oh, i feel the wind against my face and I, i'm i can move through space like i'm healthy i can do this like sometimes we just forget and we're just so focused on the times but these are the kind of things that i think about but obviously it doesn't make the most sexy of like instagram posts so <laughs> i don't always talk about it <laughs> i was going to ask about this because social media offers up such a wonderful platform for everyone to discuss their running and to show what they're up to and you know it's a it is a massively positive part of um the community and all that sort of stuff but it does equally have a downside to it and you are and you're you're you know you're you're a significant person on instagram in the running community how how do you find social media and running go hand in hand yeah it's a difficult one to answer because when i first started social media it was more because i didn't really want to annoy my regular friends about running <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so i decided to create this account and then it just kind of snowballed from there but it's a difficult one because on one hand people might say like you know you have to people are putting a mask on or they're, they're not being authentic but the way that i look at it is that i think am i telling my version my definition of what a runner's life means to me and that's mm. all i can do really i mean i can't share everything and to be honest people probably wouldn't want to see everything i do anyways it'd just be boring you know um so i think as long as you're comfortable and happy with the way that you do things and present yourself and you know why you're doing it then there's not much anyone else can say to you obviously there's people are gonna have opinions like for example if i put on my um training times or what i'm doing strength wise you know people can have an opinion about it without knowing the full context of it but i know that like they don't know the picture so you have to really it gives you like a i guess a thicker skin the more you do it to us because you know everyone's got an opinion but then the thing is like if you didn't do anything people would have an opinion on you anyway so you don't win anyway it's yeah true. yeah exactly this is the runner's world podcast how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I want to talk about the film you made before London. This is our London. Um, ben and I both really liked it. Um, and there's some interesting stuff that came up. I think it was Charlie Duck who said he, he thought that if you hadn't run the London Marathon, you, you weren't really a Londoner, which is a <laughs> controversial, incredible statement. <laughs> opinion, but I'm going with that. I'm like, yeah, it's good. I mean, I think it is an essential London experience, definitely. Um, what did you want to um, communicate with a film like that? And what was it like um, sort of process of making it? Uh, before I answer that, I know I'm going to do the podcast thing and turn it back on you, but it'd be really interesting to get your feedback on the film and what you sort of got from it before I answer that question. I think for me, it was interesting. I'm always interested in what like um, the different things that running means to people. And there was an interesting uh, female runner on there who said, um, she admitted that actually occasionally that she's used running as a band-aid for too many things. Mm. I'm thinking that, you know, if running can fix all my um all my problems in life and actually she was coming to the the more kind of level conclusion that actually there was running was part of a of a solution for a balanced life but it couldn't do everything so i really liked um i really like that aspect of it i just yeah i mean it, i thought it was a it's probably a more honest take on what running means to a lot of people i mean you know and, and especially like <clears throat> london marathon is such a massive event and I guess a lot of the media around it, it it gets quite glossy. Um, and I feel like this was kind of a slightly more stripped back and the significance of the race to people that perhaps, you know, voices and cultures and, I don't know, people that might not have interacted with before and you get an insight into what it means to them. And I think that's, that for me, that was, you know, because London is such a great place and such a hotbed of culture and, and life. And it's just kind of nice to see all angles being covered if you see what I mean yeah no thank you for sharing that because I think sometimes when you do these things you create them you kind of get lost because you, you, you're so focused on it so you'd never really get the other other sides um, and other people's opinions but basically this film came together about three to four weeks before the London Marathon so there's was a lot of effort and my friend Matt Folds helped me put it together and produced it and edited it so yeah without Matt I think it wouldn't have happened so, but ended up doing a lot of the interviews getting that all done and for me, the the focus really of the film, like you said, it was just basically t- talking about what London means to the runners. You know, for I know what we said about Charlie and making that comment. I, I love that comment, anyways. But for me, one of the differences about the London Marathon compared to some of the other majors is like you can tell, like almost like London Marathon starts when you leave your house. You see other runners heading towards a train station or whatever. I completely agree, and I, I love that. Um, I was lucky enough to be a pacer a couple of years, so you, you're there with like in your kind of pacing outfit and yeah and it's the whole the whole experience starts kind of on the bus because somebody else has got you know the the marathon um bag you know trainers on and it's uh yeah i love all that stuff love all that part yeah, 100%. of it 100 and for me it's the people like it's like the stories that you don't hear like when you spoke about sally and you know a lot of people probably have used sport as a way to try to run away from things and she actually mm, yeah. clearly explained like the reasons why it doesn't work and i think that's really powerful or when Scott talked about, you know, as runners, sometimes we can be so self-absorbed about like how great running is, and then our other halves are like, all right, you've done a marathon, when are you coming home? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I just it's love sort of seeing all these sides and just like basically the growth in people and that's what you don't see and then the impact it has on the other aspects of their life. So for me it was really cool to see that as opposed to kind of like some of the other things that we've seen in regards to kind of marathon films and and of that nature. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah, there was there was another great film out um probably about six years ago and I think it was just called Run the Runners and it was uh it was Evo Gormley, you know, the guy who does good gym, he actually did it, but it was it was round Victoria I think Park. it was around Victoria yeah, Park. Yeah. 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 Love that. And it was again, it was just kind of showing that people are prepared to maybe open up more when they're moving. And I think that's probably true of walking as well as running, but it was great film. You didn't really have to be a, a runner to to get something from it. It was just very human. And I think that's um that's the best part of of running is that it's yeah it's, it's a human story yeah it? no thank you for saying that and I, and I think I got that impression from my wife as well because she's not really a runner in the sense that she loves team sports and that kind of thing but she won't yeah. do like a, a marathon so I, pu- I put it on for her and I knew that the test was like if she didn't like it she would just stop watching it <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so she watched yeah. it all the way through yeah. she's like no it's really good because obviously like you know you've got the human side there so it really connects to what you just said there so I, I knew that once Mrs B liked it then I was on, a, on to a good thing um, you mentioned early on that you were now um, looking into coaching and getting the qualifications around that and the main motivation behind that was to give something back to running could you give us some details about the kind of what you know what what would you like to give back to the running community is it is it training other runners to achieve you know their own marathon goals or, or what what is it so I don't want it to come across like I'm just trying to do like an Instagrammy thing of just like setting up my coaching thing and I'm just going to go off and like put stuff out there. That's not what I'm looking to do. So when I started running, like my coach, John, he helped me, you know, quite a lot for free. And then obviously then ended up paying for it in the end. But because um, I said, you know, it's just worth his time. But he helped me out for free at the start and I'm still with him. And I feel like it's almost selfish you know I mean if you get the help to not pass it on and sometimes you forget yourself like what the experience that you do have but obviously you want to put that alongside structures as well so I'm doing obviously like LERF I've done LERF I've done surf so coaching um, in running fitness so just following the kind of UK athletics program and obviously then that's part and parcel of the work that we're doing at Black Trail Runners so we're looking at you know working with people within that to help them out help our community out um, to, to you know to to do whatever they're looking at doing but obviously you know running is a wide-ranging thing so i'm gonna be focusing mainly on the road stuff at the moment because you could you know i mean like arm drive for example is a minefield that you could look at completely differently from you know a marathon down to like you know a mile so yeah for me it's just focusing mainly on kind of helping marathoners road runners uh, in that sort of aspect but yeah for free at the moment and that's what because it happens you know i mean people help me out so I've got to be a bit careful now that I've said that because I'm probably going to get loads of DMs of people saying, can you coach me for free? But um, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I've got a couple of people which I'm helping for free just to see how it goes. And uh, yeah, I think for me, it's, that's important just to do it without kind of expecting anything back. I think that's really, really laudable. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely someone who's got lots from, from running on lots of levels. And um, yeah, I think to, to give something back is is a, is a great is a great thing to do and like you say it, it feels right i think if you can if you can do it can we briefly talk about black trail runners we, we've had um episodes with black trail runners on before and we're you know huge fans of what you guys are trying to achieve but maybe for anyone listening who's, who's not that familiar with black trail runners could you give us a quick overview on what it's all about and and the kind of some of the ambitions of the of the group yeah so 
essentially a group of us came together following kind of recent events uh, in regards to kind of Black Lives Matter. Well, the recent Black Lives Matter movement, uh, or version of it, because obviously there's been several versions of it. And we're just kind of thinking, what could we do? And this is just one way that we decided to kind of try to focus, you know, getting more representation, more diversity, because I know people look at, you know, road running and think, oh, you know, there's loads of black people there, especially at the high level. But, you know, mm. I could even argue that. But, like, you know, I don't see Elliot running in the streets of Hackney. You know, I don't see those guys there. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. So, it's a completely different. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you could even argue about some diversity there. But people would say, well, you know, there's, there's no access barriers. Da, 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 da. So, I think for us, we're kind of saying, like, outside of, like, the main areas within the UK, typically there's going to be less people of colour, you know, exploring the open spaces. And that could be running. That could just be, you know, walking, whatever. And that's not saying that you, there's like a barrier, an invisible barrier of like you can't leave London if you're black <laughs> or like you get stopped. It's kind of like you can go out, but people forget like their own lived experiences. Like, for example, like doing the six world marathon majors for me, like I saw my friend doing it, so I want to do it. But not everyone's going to have that yeah. mindset thing. Oh, I could do that. So yeah. we've got to bear in mind mm. that's what we're looking at doing. We're trying to look at building that community. So we're doing quite a few trail taster days and helping it with skills and things like that. We've got um, one in, in, I think, in the West. We've got one in Epping Forest coming up in November as well. So I'm, I'm going to be there. Um, oh, I love it. Only, I'm near Epping. Yeah, you've got to come down. You've got to come down. Such good running. But yeah, we've... Yeah, mate, I'm in. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it goes back to... So we're a, a UK athletics club, which goes back to the coaching side as well. And we're also a charity as well, so we're looking at sort of raising money. And we've did a little thing recently where we raised money via Strava, and we've helped Trail Fam as well. And they're a, a community, well, a charity which helps basically young people, um, you know, in, in in urban environments get into outdoor spaces. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many things that we're looking at doing. And the things that I look at as well is that you don't have to be black to be a part of it or an ally people might just see black child and think oh my gosh i can't be a part of that because i'm not black it's it's literally not that it's just more about for me it's like i literally don't want the group to exist and that sounds weird i went to this the stage where we can all just be like oh cool it's just a regular thing but at the moment there are these um barriers which some might not see but doesn't mean they're not there it's like looking at the sky and being like oh it's there's no clouds there like there's clouds there <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's just trying to work through these little things and um, so it becomes it's part of the normal conversation. It's not trying to encroach many else's group or saying that you can't do this because you're whatever. Um, it's just trying to get more people into sport that we love and I think there's more synergy than I think a lot of people realise. I agree. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Mark. It was great to chat to you about um, your marathon journey and, and the other things you're trying to achieve in running. If people want to find out a bit more about um, what you're up to, um this is your chance to, for a plug. Where, where, where can they go? So you can find me on Instagram at the Marathon Marcus. You can find me on my podcast, all the regular places, uh, A Runner's Life. And if you check out, you know, YouTube, you look at the film. It's called uh, "This Is Our London." I think it's got the title "The London Marathon." This is our London. So yeah, check out, check me out on those sort of uh, platforms. So no, thank you for having me on the the podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our guest Marcus Brown and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just five pounds or six 
for like 15. I don't know. There's loads of deals out there. You should just do it. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash runnersworldpodcast to get one of these offers. I can't remember which one. Thank you for listening. You can tell all your friends to listen to the Runners World podcast on Acast, iTunes and all of their favourite podcast apps. Just tell them to search Runners World UK. If you haven't already, please subscribe. That's the most important thing. You can leave us a review if you want. That's also good. Make sure it's a nice review, though. We don't want bad ones. And uh, thanks again for listening. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.